So there's a study that has just come out that uh, talks to the fact that the country's cancer rates are likely to double by 2030. I mean, that's six or seven years away. There's a surge in diversity of cancers, breast, cervical, and prostate, as well as lung, and much, much more. What is it about? How is it happening? And why is it happening? Well, today is World Cancer Day, and so let's find out more. Dr. Joey Wishnia is a public health expert at Wits University, or Jody Wishnia, apologies, uh, Dr. Wishnia, and uh, Jody has... Uh, been involved in the study. Dr. Wishnia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Wishnia, first of all, just to talk to us about the study and uh, the fact that one of the uh, outcomes of the study is this possibility that the country's cancer rates are likely to double by 2030. I mean, that's in the next seven odd years. That's extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the company I work for, Percept, um, we were contracted by the um, Cancer Alliance to do some work on cancer forecasting um, for them. So we worked with a number of different stakeholders from the National Cancer Registry to the private sector, several specialists, oncologists in the space. And we used the data that was available um, and obviously expert opinion to forecast what is happening now. And that was back in 2019 and what is bound to happen given the uh, rate of change of cancer um, in the country. And yeah, what we found is that, um, you know, what's important to understand about our study is that it looks at incidence and not prevalence. So incidence is new cases, where prevalence is the current number of cases that are already in the system. So I think what's even more concerning about the findings of our study are not only that the new cases are increasing, but for every new cancer case, that person is then in the system requiring care um, throughout their cancer journey. And so every new person you add adds to an existing number already in the system. And so the burden is much, much more than just double new cases. It's actually, you know, your, your existing cancer cases plus now all these new, these new cases as well. So, Dr. Wishner, why do you think this is happening? I think there are many reasons. One of the main reasons is that um, our South Africa, because of um, better quality of life, and the way our economy has changed over the years, our population is aging, which is a beautiful thing um, after the HIV pandemic. But unfortunately, what we know about aging is that there's a very strong relationship between aging and ill health, and in particular, non-communicable diseases, which are diseases that are not given to you by an infection. They, are, they arise based on age or other factors, and they're not infectious. And so one of, the, one of the major reasons is that because cancer is much more prevalent in the older age group, we see now an increase in the South African population as our population ages. What our study didn't look at um, is there are many, uh, there's, there's a lot of new research out there at the moment that shows, for example, you know, relationships between environmental factors like pollution and cancer. There's very recent studies around alcohol and its relationship to cancer. Our study didn't even account for those type of environmental changes that may change even more the, the rate of cancer in the country. So our estimate is in some ways quite conservative because all it looked at was what has happened in the past and applied that to the future, only changing for, you know, if you, if you have a higher rate of cancer in the older age groups and we're getting older, then we can see there are more people that will be, that we expect to get cancer. But we haven't actually taken into account the fact that the way that we're living is changing and our use of alcohol, tobacco and other environmental issues may very well actually make us more susceptible 
to cancer than we have been in the past. So, Dr. Wishner, you mentioned the new cases, um, and there's a whole lot of questions one can ask about cancer, and there's so many different cancers. When you say new cases, we understand that when someone has um, cancer, and if they are fortunate, it is cured either through chemo or radiation or other forms, and they would then go into something called remission. Mm. Should they come out of remission again? Would that be considered mm. a new case or would that be considered an ongoing case? You know, I actually, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I'm not a clinician. I, my suspicion is that, you know, for our purposes, the data we use, yeah. um, we, we were looking at people at the data where someone is now newly diagnosed with a cancer. Yeah. Um, the, unfortunately, the data in South Africa is not where it should be. So we weren't able, for example, to track, you know, if, if I myself had cancer, we weren't able to see if I had cancer in 2010 and then it came, I had remission and then it came back in 2022. Um, I actually, we wouldn't be able to tell that it was the same person. We're looking at sort of de-identified data. And it, one, it was one of the hardest things about, um, about this work, actually, because the information we were getting to try and make sure that you weren't double counting across different data systems yes. was extremely hard because we don't yet have a unique patient identifier in the public system. So there are terms like remission, um, metastasized uh, mm. in the cancer world. Perhaps you could just explain what those terms mean. Yeah, I'll do my best. Um, so, so remission is, is obviously when the cancer has now been, been treated suitably and the person no longer uh, requires cancer, cancer treatment. Um, if, if a cancer metastasizes, um, it means that it has spread uh, to, other, to other places in the body and that obviously gives you a worse prognosis. Um, but maybe just to, just to reinforce in case the clinicians come after me that I'm a public health specialist yeah. and an occupational therapist by training and not by any means an oncologist. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Would, I, would, I would ask them, yeah. Dr. Wishnia, one of the things, of course, about um, cancer is the suddenness with which it can suddenly appear. I mean, mm. one can feel completely healthy and mm. yet the next minute you are being told that you have a mm. cancer, whichever cancer that may be. Are you aware of that? Does that come up in the research and the study at all um, in terms of the yeah. length of time with regards to cancer? No, absolutely. I think what is so hard about cancer is often you as a person don't know that something is wrong until it's too late, until you really feel some kind of symptoms. And that's why prevention is the most important thing that we can do as a country to curtail our, our cancer numbers and even potentially the severity or the outcome of, of those who have cancer. So those are things like, for example, cervical cancer is extremely preventable. If you go for your annual gynae um, scans and you do a pap smear and you check for uh, HPV, yeah. then you have a much, like, much better chance of finding that early. It can be taken out quite quickly and then you you don't have the likelihood of, of getting cervical cancer. And, and cervical cancer is sort of one of the ones where it's like really, really the relationship is quite direct. But in actual fact, with all cancers, if you are getting, you know, if you are over the age of 35, 40, the recommendation is to start going for an annual health check, to do your blood, to, to get a breast exam, to start, start meeting with a physician as you get older and become more at risk of these certain um, non-communicable diseases so that a physician is actually checking you and seeing things before you feel them. Because once you feel them in your body, often it is much worse than it would have been if it had been caught 
early. And maybe just to say on that, one of the really hard things about this study, as we were chatting to oncologists um, across the private and public sector, is that everybody knows that the most cost-effective way to, to, to treat and combat cancer is to pick it up early or to prevent it altogether. Um, yeah. But our systems at the moment are not geared necessarily for good prevention. Either we don't, we don't seek out care regularly enough as the population, or there isn't a lot of um, time in our particular, particularly in our public system, to be seeing patients who are not, who are not sick yet. You know, so the idea that you would go stand in the queue for multiple hours just to check that you're all right when you feel okay feels very, very difficult. And as a result, we are not doing the prevention that we should be doing as a country. And that's also why we see these increasing um, cancer numbers. Dr. Wishnia, we need to go to a break, but when, very briefly, when we come back from the break, um, I'd like to just go back to the idea of prevention and catching sure. cancers earlier. So we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Michelle Constant on SAFM. Today is the 4th of February and it's World Cancer Day and we've been talking to Dr. Jo- Jody Wishnia who is a public health expert at Fitz University and has been part of a recent study which shows that the country's cancer rates are likely to double by 2030. Dr. Wishnia, you mentioned the conversation of prevention and mm-hmm. catching it earlier. And you mentioned cervical cancer, which can be caught before mm-hmm. it um, and can be tested for before um, it even truly becomes a full-blown cancer. The other one, of course, is Kaposi sarcoma. And for uh, mm-hmm. people who are unaware, Kaposi sarcoma is a cancer which is prevalent amongst people um, with HIV and AIDS. So it does take you right back to what could one do to protect oneself against yeah. HIV and therefore that particular cancer? I mean, it's quite systemic when you start to think about it in the bigger picture. That's it. No, I think that is the most important thing. So, you know, particularly with the cancers that are related to HIV, so to, infect, to an infectious disease, the answer there is to get tested. And if you are HIV positive, to get on your treatment as soon as possible. Because if you are on your treatment, you have a much less likely um, chance of getting the cancer. And even if you do get the cancer, your outcomes are much better than if you are not controlled on your antiretrovirals. So that's super important. But even the cancers that are not based on, from an infectious disease, even the ones that are um, you know, lung cancer, breast cancer, etc., what we find is actually the, the risk factors that make you at risk for breast cancer are the same risk factors that make you at risk, for example, for high cholesterol or diabetes or hypertension. And so actually what we as a country need to move towards, and we are, we are moving there, is holistic non-communicable disease prevention. And so you don't necessarily have to say to one person, you know, to prevent cancer, keep, have a healthy diet um, or, or don't use alcohol or don't use tobacco, but then for someone who is at risk, you know, for hypertension, then you give them a different message. The reality is that for both of those people, even though they may arrive with different diseases in the end, the risk for those diseases is very, very similar. And so actually you can roll out quite a comprehensive prevention strategy, irrespective of which particular non-communicable disease you are targeting, whether it be diabetes or cancer, um, hypertension, etc. 
Dr. Jody Wishnia, public health expert of its university, um, taking part in a recent study which shows that the country's cancer rates are likely to double by 2030.